Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlife. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. Hi, Lauren Grace here, and welcome to the Afterlight Podcast. And I'm joined today by Kara Daniels. She is the founder of Deep Root Connections, a space where earth, animals, nature, and spirit are all intertwined, alive, and communicating. Kara is an animal communicator, a channel for nature, and collaborates with the spirits of the land to heal the land we live upon. Her goal is to co-create, coexist, and heal Mother Gaia by mixing the physical with the mystical, living a magical life, and help you to do it too in the most down-to-earth way. Kara offers earth consciousness healing for land and home to help kickstart the healing process, uncover the spiritual life of your property, and help you connect with the spirit of your unique living space. She facilitates virtual workshops for anyone with an open mind and an open heart who wishes to empower themselves by learning how to communicate with the seen and the unseen, foster a deeper connection to the land, and enter a more magical experience." Land healing by working in partnership with the consciousness of the land, including trees, fairies, gnomes, plus the spirit of place and more are her specialty. And Kara is joining me today on almost like a completely different subject. But then when I was reading your Bible, I'm your Bible. <laughs> I was reading your bi- bio and it, you know, it talks about magical and forces seen and unseen. So there's definitely a connection in what we're going to be talking about today. So I will say for our listener at home, they're like, what are you, what are we talking about? Well, Kara's already been on the show and we talked a lot about land clear, clearing and working with the land. And so when we got off that call, Kara and I were just sort of jamming on different ideas we could maybe talk about in the future. And Kara came up with the idea of talking about unicorns and pegasus and as soon as she said unicorns and pegasus I almost felt like you know this rainbow kind of like went over me and all of these sparkles started happening and I was like how can I turn down such a subject so Kara welcome back to the show thank you so much for being here Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this subject today. <laughs> it's going to be so good. And I, I've got to say, like, I can't get I, I'm really feeling in my third eye that there's like rainbow and lights and color and action and sparkles all around me like this beautiful. I don't know if it's your or I'm picking up on, but I feel like the energy is really going to be supporting us in this conversation today. So one thing I do want to say is I think you're familiar with the show. I always ask my guests to talk to me about their spiritual journey and where it all began, but I don't want to ask you that question in the same way because we really covered that off in the conversation that we had together on land clearing. So why don't we just head right into the subject at hand because I think it's going to be a big one. Where did you first get introduced to the idea of working with unicorns and Pegasus and yes, where did it all begin? I was going to go off on that question, but I'm actually just going to stop myself and end it there. Yeah, well, it is part of my journey for sure. It was actually part of my whole awakening process. So just to kind of recap a little bit, I started my journey communicating with animals that was my initiation, if you will. 
And then about a year or so in, I was really feeling comfortable and confident with my skills communicating with animals. And I kind of got complacent. (laughs) I hate to say that, but I was like, okay, I can do this. That's great. And then what happened was uh, my, let's say I'm trying to remember which order everything happened so fast. My dog, he got sick, like overnight sick. And it was like, oh my gosh, I knew something was wrong for a few days. I have to take you to the emergency room. They, the vets checked him out. Nothing really came through as an emergency, took him home and he started dying. And I thought, oh my gosh, my dog, this was so, so fast. Rushed him back to the emergency room. All said and done, we ended up saying our goodbyes that day. Oh, and what happened was I knew he was going to transition because I had been on some level communicating with him. But when I got home, I was kind of in a state of being shocked, numb, but also peaceful because I told him, I said, if you're not ready to transition and move into the other side, don't stay with me. You can just stay as long as you need to, as long as you like. And then when you're ready, cross over. We'll be fine without you. So, you know, I gave him that whole speech, but I could kind of feel him with me still. And I thought, okay, well, we'll just, I don't know, leave him there. I didn't really know how to navigate that situation. Well, I went to bed and I saw my cat. I have this really big fluffy black cat. She was sitting on my chest, kind of watching around my head. Like she was looking at an insect or something, but there was nothing there. And I thought that's Grizz. It's my dog. I know it. I can still feel him. And so I said, okay, if you're still here, that's great. I'm so happy to like feel you and see and not really see you, but I know my cat can see you. And so finally, when I shut my eyes, the most like I, I can still see it to this day. And this was four years ago. I saw an outline image of his face. And I saw rainbows and sparkles, exactly probably what you're seeing, <laughs> rainbows and sparkles everywhere. And then I saw this Pegasus. But what was weird was instead of getting that oh, he's crossing over. I feel so much love and joy and all these wonderful feelings. I actually got the sense of the Pegasus being impatient. Like, come on, let's go. Time's a-wasting. And I was like, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. This has never happened to me before. Like, I had never communicated with any other being at this point. It was just animals. And so that happened. And I, I knew that I saw this Pegasus And I knew that Grizz was letting me know that he was crossing over. And I was just like, oh my God, that just happened. What do I do with that? I don't, I don't know who to tell. I don't know what, I don't even know what to do with it. I just like sat with it for weeks. I didn't even tell my partner. I didn't tell anybody. I was just like, I have nobody to talk to about Pegasus. Did you write it down (laughs) or did you sort of just sit with the memory? Like, were you worried on any level that? you were going to maybe forget it. You know how within dreams, and I realized that you weren't in a dream, but you know, sometimes we go, oh, I'm totally going to remember this. And then we have mm-hmm. absolutely no idea, but obviously this was a super vivid experience for you. Yeah. I, I write everything down, Okay, everything down. So somewhere in my notes, this experience is written down. Yeah. And then, so that was the first time. And then about six months later, my horse got hurt. 
and I knew he wasn't going to make it. And it was this whole month long of just really intensive care. And when we decided that we were all done, that we were going to assist him out of his body, I could feel the same energy of the Pegasus this time. Whereas before I didn't know what I was feeling, but this time it was almost palpable. Mm -hmm. And when we put him down, it took all day for everything to kind of settle in. And I felt the same. I was just calm, a little bit numb, pretty neutral, but I knew my horse didn't stay. Like he didn't stick around like my dog did. Mm -hmm. But the difference was that night, right before bed, my cat again was sitting on my chest looking around my head and the difference was is like I knew he was there and I was like I when I shut my eyes you can come in but I'm not ready to do that yet and the moment I shut my eyes the pegasus just flew at me I almost thought I was going to fall over but I was already in bed so it's like holy crap he came again and I knew it was the same one but there wasn't that sense of like him being impatient or I think he was just there to let me know like yeah I have your horse we're all good here right and so I was like okay that's twice (laughs) like that's not a coincidence I didn't make it up and so that kind of spiraled into well who are you you're here what do you do why are you coming to me just before we get to that okay yes okay then you open the gateway (laughs) dot 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 Let's yeah. go back for just a second because I, I am enraptured and I know our the listener at home was like, Lauren, why did you cut her off? Well, I cut her off because I just want to touch on one thing that you said that I thought was really fascinating and important. And I, I can't remember exactly the, the words that you used, but you were essentially talking about how when, was it Grizz? Is that his name? Your dog? Yeah. Yes. When yeah. Grizz passed and also when your horse passed, you sort of talked about the loss of that, feeling the sadness of that, but also there's an inner peace and an inner calming that was kind of complementing the pain of that. And I was just wondering if you could talk on that just for a moment, because I remember listening to Eckhart Tolle, or maybe it was in his book, Eckhart Tolle, and he was talking about how this woman lost her son. And right when she lost her son, there was this moment of complete peace, peace and understanding and this higher awareness And then what happened was the mind then ticked in and, you know, the grief set in and and all that sort of stuff. And I just, I'm listening to so many different teachers, right? That's not true. I'm listening primarily to Stuart Wilde right now, but I do fluctuate between lots of different teachers. And one of the things that I just think is so amazing is that we know that life goes on past this physical body. We know that we're in a physical incarnation now, and then we we transition and we go back into the oneness of all there is. And, you know, that whole discussion, which I'm just summarizing real fast, but then we still have to kind of deal with the whole, the mind and the higher self and the awareness that we're connected to all there is and that we don't die, but then we do die, Right. And I was just wondering if you could comment on that just briefly before we talk a little bit more about Pegasus. Yeah, Yeah, it's, um, unfortunately, I have had to say goodbye to so many animals over my life. Just from, I think the first time I lost an animal, I think I was maybe three or six. I can't quite remember, but it took me so long to kind of come back out of that hole, that grief 
I didn't understand it. But when I started communicating with animals and also those in the afterlife, I mean, at this point, when my animals did start to transition, I had a different understanding. I had the animal's perspective of what it is like to die, what it is like in the afterlife, what they're doing. And so I had at least a whole year of just exploring what that's like. And so for me, like, and I'll just tell anybody out there listening, that's like, well, what is it like for an animal to die? What do they think? And they're like, it's, it's ecstasy for them. They say, well, I finally get to get rid of that bag of bones and I get to be my whole full self now. And I can travel wherever I want to as fast as I want to. And it's just like pure bliss for them. And they're completely whole and healed and they have no pain. And so for me, watching my horse who is extremely lame and a lot of pain at the end it's like thank god because you were in so much pain I should have made the call sooner and so for me it was easy for me to tap into that just neutrality and that peace because I could tell that that's what he felt Mm -hmm. I knew it as soon as they transitioned I could feel what they were feeling and it's just like ah a big sigh of relief almost I think that's such a beautiful way of explaining that. And, you know, I would imagine that we can compare that exactly to the human existence as well, isn't it? Like where we, we, I've done this really amazing meditation and um, it's uh, on Empower You Radio. It's uh, the Hay House app. Anyway, Dick Sutphin, he's this hypnotherapist and he has this amazing uh, meditation where you become the light. And like the whole idea is that you kind of, ascend, 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 ascend. And then he leads you in this sort of practice. And then you, you literally dissolve, like your body dissolves. And I know at least for me with meditation, I'm normally in form when I'm meditating, I still, you know, am in the same body, but with this particular meditation, you just became one with all that there is. And it was like, I was consciousness without form. And I'm not saying at all that I'm able to even glimpse what it would be like to be outside of this bag of bones to quote you or this skin suit as other people like to call it. But you're right, you know, with the idea of how limited we are in these physical vessels uh, and to then be free from that. I mean, ecstasy, like you said, is just such a fabulous word and makes us in a way look at reframing death in a completely different like it, it makes us completely reframe the idea of death, doesn't it? It, it? It's almost like death and freedom are synonyms of each other. Yes. And I have spent several years just really feeling into that ever since they died, because I, the relationship that people, at least where I live, the relationship people have with death is like, well, that's the end. Yeah. We don't get to talk to them anymore. There is no connection, even though a lot of people believe in the afterlife. It's like, well, they're dead. They're gone. We're yeah. not going to see them again. But it's yeah. like, that's not true. And I feel like, at least for me, I have totally reworked my entire mindset around death where it's just like, it's an honoring. It's a celebration. You get to go back. Yeah. You get to celebrate the fact that you lived a life well done, you know? And so yeah. for me, that's kind of my perspective going into the goodbyes. was really just like, go be free and go be free and heal and come back and visit. (laughs) Yeah. That's so beautiful. So in some of the chats that I've had with people, most notably Julie Ryan, she talked about how, when humans die that, um, you know, essentially your ancestors are there with you and all these souls come and they, 
they are ready for you to celebrate your passing and your transition. And I wanted to talk to you now about going back to your experience with the Pegasus where, you know, you had had Gris and, and also your horse that passed and then Pegasus showed up to, it seems to assist them within their transition, maybe to greet them. So can you talk a little bit now about, you were sort of, I cut you off where you were talking about, okay, like who are you and what is this all about? Let's go back to that part of the story. Yeah. So I didn't really actually know how to get a hold of this Pegasus of mine. Yeah, just photo. <laughs> and this was, I know. I was like, how do I get a hold of you when I want to talk to you? So I actually ended up taking a workshop, a meta, uh, what do I call it? A mystical creatures workshop. Oh where my God. I need they had to a bunch of different. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> it was amazing. It was like unicorns, angels, dinosaurs. And I can't remember the other one, but it was so much fun. Oh, wonderful. But the Pegasus one I was like, all right, buddy, this is it. We're going to connect. And so through guided meditations, he literally was just waiting for me. He was just like, it's about time you called me in. I've been waiting. It's like, oh, I don't know how. I'm still new at this. And yeah, I had a really lovely conversation. And he told me, he said, because I work with so many animals. And at that time, I was working with a lot of animals uh, for clients during my animal communication sessions that were in the transitional phase, the end of life and into the afterlife. So he was like, I'm here to help you trans, like I'm your transporter of souls. I help you with your personal animals. I help you with your client animals. And what he said was, because I have so many other energies and beings and things around me constantly, some of the younger souled animals might just get curious and want to go with another somebody like a fairy I don't know he's just like I just need to make sure that they don't get lost don't get curious and they actually go through the gateway that they're supposed to go through and he's like there's nothing to worry that's why I'm here but with people like you that work in this realm like we we have to give you extra assistance so all these younger sold animals don't get lost and I thought oh my gosh and I guess he's been with me my whole life oh and he told me that when my two animals died, he said, you weren't ready for us on a frequency level, on an emotional level. He's like, you weren't there yet, but we had to kickstart your ascension. Like we needed to kind of get you going. And so he was like, I had to work really hard to connect with you. (laughs) And I thought, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. And he's like, now you have to do your work so we can communicate regularly. And so I was like, okay, I guess you're on my team. And so now we've had this beautiful relationship for years. Oh my God. I freaking love this so much. Okay. One of the things (laughs) to want to talk about in relation to that, um, you know, and I'm not sure the, the level of knowledge of our listener at home, of course, that's why I like to re-explain things sometimes. So when you're talking about how, you know, Pegasus had to work really hard or your Pegasus to work really hard to connect with you. I mean, I would imagine that, that you would have been in grief, you know, so you're in grief that's a lower vibration. Even if you have the higher awareness that you know there's ecstasy after these animals depart, you still don't get to hug their beautiful bodies, right? You know, there's still like these things that that we do have to give up. Uh, So when you're at that sort of lower frequency, it would be very hard at some some points, of course, for higher vibration, uh, mystical creatures, magical creatures, angels and the like, uh, um, spirit guides 
to reach us. I mean, they can, but it would take a fair amount of concerted effort to do that. So I wanted to just kind of reinforce that a little bit because I wanted to sort of, I guess, paint the picture of maybe the power of intention from your Pegasus to really come and connect with you and kind of say to you, hey, this is sort of the way. And and what I love about this as well is the whole idea of planting the seed in a way, right? Like they did something that really kind of shocked your system. And all of a sudden you went, what? And then, you know, the gift of, of your horse passing, the gift they gave you to have this experience yet again, which we could go into a whole other tangent, I'm sure a big part about that life purpose of that horse potentially and the timing of everything, right? I mean, that's just a whole other fabulous conversation, which we won't have today. Um, but the seed had been planted. And then for the seed to be planted, then you were able to step into your, your path and onto the path of where, you know, you were meant to be. Any thoughts on, on any of that? So many thoughts. Yes. I will give you a very short version of why my horse died. And like I said earlier, it's because I got complacent. I wasn't pushing myself and he was like, well, and I, I know this might be controversial to some, but I had a contract with him and my guides were basically like, if she's not going to keep going on her path, like we need her to go on her path. And so we're going to have to shock her system. <laughs> and, that, and so his injury was a big catalyst in me moving forward. And so when the Pegasus came in, it was like, I have to keep going. It like re ignited my passion to learn more and ask more questions and truly because he put so much effort to come in and spark my curiosity, I literally opened the gateway to so many more beings out there. And it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for everything. It's just incredible. It's so, it's just so absolutely beautiful and amazing. And it just goes to show that we never really know what's going on for other people or some of these bigger soul contracts that we have in place you know, and I think that a big part of your story, the message that I'm getting is that we really are divinely supported and that I say it all the time in my readings to people where it's like, what is meant for us will not pass us by. But a big part of it as well is us. Oh, that's funny. So yesterday I was doing some readings on Facebook and one of the, the themes that was coming up, because when I do readings, I don't know if you experience this for yourself when you're like working with multiple clients, but Sometimes there's like a theme of the day or something where everyone is like focused on the same sort of stuff. You're like, really, you should just hear what I said to that person. It's the same message for you. Anyway, we were talking, I was talking about uh, kind of existing and living within your own fishbowl. And the idea was really about how we do do that. We get complacent. We stay within the same system. We, we have the same habits. We listen to the same sort of stuff. We don't go out of the norm all the time, right? We don't kind of take ourselves out of where it is that we're living to experience new opportunities or to look at new perspectives or try new foods or vacation in new places, right? We tend to be very much creatures of habit. And one of the things that I think is so apropos of what we're talking about today is a lot about how if we remain complacent and we're not getting the subtle hints of the universe and I'd love to know whether or not you notice now in hindsight looking back whether you had some then the universe will give us a little bit of a shock to our system and for some people it's the the dark night of the soul that really ignites this this change for them for other people, it's the passing of close loved ones, you know, like our animals. 
uh, and it can show up in a myriad of ways. So yeah, any thoughts on on that, Kara? Yeah, um, gosh, I, the only thing that keeps popping in my head is like following the breadcrumbs. <laughs> it's so easy to, to bypass them and not mm. really recognize what's right in front of you because a lot of the times the messages are so subtle and your nudges from your guides are just, they're not forcefully pushing you along unless there's like divine guidance that requires you to take that path you know yes. because we have free will we can go a ton of different directions just for our own life but sometimes it's like this is my mission and if it weren't for all of my different experiences like I would have missed it hard mm. and it's funny because about I don't know in 2012 ish I had some experiences and I didn't take the bait, if you will. Mm. And it's like, that was probably my first opportunity to step on this path. And I didn't, but they were a lot more gentle. Like the, the signs and symbols and experiences were just like a little niblet, you know? And yeah. so this time they All were like, we're not going to let you miss it this time. All yeah. this beautiful flower down this road. You're like, no, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm going to go this way now. <laughs> down this dark, dingy. Spender the map <laughs> truck. <laughs> Yeah. And so this time fast forward, they were like, we're going to shove you so hard that you're going to fall over. And it's like, okay, I get, I got it now this time. Thanks guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in the future, I'll follow the flower. You don't have to send anything else. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They are definitely a little bit more gentle now because I, I clued yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, it just goes to show like life really is working for us, but you know, we can't be complacent. I, I really feel that's important. And, and I don't want, you know, the message here not to be complacent, to be confused with not allowing ourselves time to rest and reflect, which is a very important. That's completely different from being complacent. Being complacent, in my view, is about not being responsible in a certain way. It's being a little bit more uh, maybe apathetic or a little bit more kind of not not determined to do anything more than what's here and i think that we miss we miss life like we were talking about we miss those opportunities to be able to to get on our path and we will eventually do it so let's follow the flowers yeah. all right so yes, i think follow the flowers <laughs> follow the flowers yes exactly and hopefully our listener at home and please send me a dm and i'll pass it on to kara cuz she'd love to are there flowers in your path today after you listen to this episode let us know send us some photos that would be very interesting. So I think we need to talk a bit about uh, what a Pegasus is versus a unicorn, because I think most people are familiar with the concept of unicorns. They're mythical creatures with these beautiful horns and they fly. But a Pegasus looks a little bit different. Kara, take it away. Yeah, so Pegasus is like a horse with wings, no horn. <laughs> the unicorn obviously has the horn, may or may not have wings. And then there's, I don't know if you know this, but there's pegacorn, which is like the combination or offspring of the two. Oh. And so there's the three actually kinds of this category out there that I've personally worked with. There might be more, who knows, but those are the three that I've worked with. Yeah. What does the pegacorn they, look like? It's like a little nub horn? <laughs> I can only tell you what mine looks like. She's yeah. super cute. She has like this really cute little horn. She's got the wings. Um, she's kind of a colored combination. Um, but my unicorn doesn't have wings. So I guess my Pegasus has wings, 
and he's black or really dark colored. The unicorn is white. She does not have wings. And then I guess their daughter, the pegacorn, has the horn and the wings, and she's white also. So cool. So you keep saying, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, when we were first getting in this conversation, I was like, okay, you know, Pegasus, I guess I was kind of referring to Pegasus as like an entity, you know, but unicorn, because I, I wasn't saying Pegasuses. What's the plural of Pegasus? Do you oh, know? I think Pegasus. it's just Pegasus. Yeah. I so know. I think that's where it can get a little bit confusing. <laughs> you're like, okay, is there more than one? Is it Pegasi? I don't know. Someone at home is like, girls, seriously, it's da da da. Okay, let us know. We'd love to hear let it. Let us know. <laughs> I'm not going to Google it while we're talking. So the idea, though, is that we have these personal Pegasus or unicorns that act as our guides that support us along our path. And I know I've done a, D a Diana Cooper. Uh, meditation now and again where you meet your personal unicorn and my unicorn I was like just trying to think about it uh I don't know I don't think she has wings she's purple and um sparkly and beautiful and it's just funny because the wings have never really stood out for me but I've never really thought much about it in fact so tell me a little bit about that you know how is it that we have have our own personal pegasus and unicorn and do we have our own personal pegasus uh, did you say pegacorn, right? Pegacorn, pegacorn yeah. We have our own personal <laughs> pegacorns as well. And how does that kind of work? Sure. Well, I think, I mean, each one of us has a ton of different types of beings on our team. Yeah. Why I have the three from my understanding is I spent a past life with the pegacorn. The pegasus is here to make sure I stay in line. <laughs> He's newer to my team. And then the unicorn, she just kind of comes and goes. So I feel like certain people that are just naturally tapped into this type of energy or the realm of the magical beings, if you will, they will most likely have some kind of Pegasus unicorn, Pegacorn on their team, because that's how their energetics work. Um, that being said, I don't, I mean, they, they do so much for us and for the world and through all of the different realms. So it just kind of depends on what your mission is, what you're doing, which would like just decide how and who and what you have on your team, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're all here and we all have our own divine purpose. One thing I want to yeah. say just quickly is I was, while you were speaking, I was listening to you, but I did check in for a second. My unicorn does have wings. I'm just going to say that for a second. Cause I was like, <laughs> so when I'm flying, is she? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to make that very clear just to honor her. Okay. So that being said, going back to what you're talking about, you know, you're sort of talking about the idea that you know, we have these guides because we, they, they show up in different ways, right? We've got different kinds of guides. They all show up um, looking however they do. And, you know, let's say you have a unicorn, for example, like we both have, um, that's a guide that's here to help us with whatever it is to assist us with. I would say that my unicorn really assists me to up level and reach new realms and air and areas. So that's a big part about what my unicorn does for me. So it's kind of like when I'm meditating, for example, if I'm tapping into my unicorn energy um, or working with my unicorn guide, then she can take me to other dimensions. And it's a lot easier than me being like, I'm going to try to fly there myself. Like, 
you know, <laughs> she kind of like right, fast right. track that a little bit. So what you're sort of saying or what I understood from your comment is essentially that we have different guides based on what mm-hmm. we're here to do in our specific path. And so it can really show up differently for everyone. Yeah. I would like to just say my, my guy's like, hello, <laughs> you're not <laughs> listening to me. He's like, yes, <laughs> he's very stoic sometimes, but they do help us basically traverse the realms of complete existence. That's how he says it, but it's like, yeah, they can portal jump. They can take you into other galaxies and realms. And if you do meet one with wings, like you should try this, just go into a meditation and ride them. You can actually ride them and they can take you places. That's how I get around. I do yeah, jump on yeah, her you and just she takes me. Yeah. Yeah. And and they keep you safe. And they yeah. it's like it's so incredible. But something else that wants to come through is like their horn and their energy is extremely healing for our heart. So a lot of people are just walking around the world right now with really closed hardened hearts because it's such a hard world to live in. And it's like, work with the unicorns, work with the Pegasus, work with all of these beings, and they will actually help you break down the walls within your heart. So you can connect deeper with all living things, with Gaia, with the other realms. And it's like, that's what they want to be used for. But on a a different note, they also kind of help heal the land and they help remove negative energies and entities. And like, that's like a whole nother spectrum that we could go through but it's like these beings literally are he's like we're in the angelic realm too don't forget he's like they literally are up with the angels they're down in the lower worlds and Gaia and so they literally truly are just like constantly in motion and working and doing things that's so powerful so I know you talked about meeting your pegasus when your animals were transitioning how did you go about meeting your unicorn and your pegacorn was it in this mystical creatures or was it mad yeah mystical creatures workshop or did you do a meditation on your own I'm asking for a friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah our we'll listener at friend. home that's you <laughs> Yeah, well, for me, yes, I, because the class was, I think it was two months long or something where it's like, we met them and we had homework. We came back again to class. It was like four or five different opportunities to check in. And so it's like, I met my Pegasus and then he was like, well, let me show you the rest of your family here. And he's like, here's this one and this one. And I thought, oh my gosh. And so he was like, you can't hang out with my daughter too much because you guys get distracted and I have to keep you straight. (laughs) it's like this whole thing so but it was it was through that workshop that I really truly connected and um, began building that bond Mm. and I think that you know what's interesting about that is that you know the seeds were planted and then you were divinely guided to some mystical creatures workshop which I don't even know how common these are but like you found one And then all of a sudden the door was opened up for you to be able to start working with your team on a completely different level, another aspect of your team. So I guess my question has to be a little bit about 
you know, how would somebody at home maybe go about starting to understand their purpose without having to go through something that's as difficult as what you went through with, with your horse passing and the, the gift that they gave you yeah. through that? You know, how do you start to see the breadcrumbs? Is it about you being intentional and searching out and going, you know what, I want to connect with my personal Pegasus, with my personal unicorn. I want to go and I want to be intentional about that. How do we kind of get out of the fishbowl, get out of the norm and really step back onto our path, especially if we feel like we've fallen off it? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I always kind of ask myself almost on a daily basis is what lights me up? What makes me want to sing (laughs) or like just sing from the top of the mountain? What makes my heart smile? And just what is my passion? You know, what makes me passionate? And I feel truly that we have passion for a reason. And so like the way that my guides say is like your passion will light your way. And so if you are new to all of these interesting topics, if you're just like, I don't even know what to do. I'm just a normal person who doesn't talk to all of these cool things. I'm just trying to survive, but I want to take another path. Mm-hmm. Go inward, tap into your inner child and just say, what made me scream with glee as a little human? And start there because whoever you were as a little child or your inner child, that person is the one that's going to light your way forward, remind you of what makes you happy and laugh and just every cell in your body smiling. So that's where I would start. Um, But if you are trying to meditate and tap into your guides, I personally am a huge advocate for guided meditations. Because it's like, I need something to listen to, to distract me, to give me direction. And so there's a ton of guided meditations out there where you can begin building those relationships with whoever is on your team. Yeah. And I really recommend um, Dick uh, Sutphin, S-U-T-P-H-E-N and his stuff. And one of the reasons why I love his meditations is because they're guided, but then he leaves you with space which I think is really important because sometimes with guided meditations, in my experience, some of them are a little bit restrictive. And so they're like, talk to so-and-so you've got five seconds. And then it moves you on to the next thing. And then you're like, Oh, you need a little bit more time. Yeah. So that's what I really like about, about his particular meditations, but you know, it's just kind of a trial. Um, Sometimes what I do in meditation as well is if someone's hurrying me along, I'll actually just pause it and then do the thing that I need to do and complete the meditation on my own. But I love what you're talking about in terms of that. That's such a profound tool. And I want to go back to your idea of tapping into the inner child, because I think that we throw around the idea of tapping into your inner child and, but we don't kind of realize how it does ignite the light within, you know, you're talking about finding joy and setting your heart alight and having fun and going back to what, you know, Pegasus and unicorns and our guides can help us with, you know, well, in, in particular, the heart healing, you know, like when you were talking about how um, unicorns and Pegasus can help us with the heart healing, I had this vision and I think I've done it in a meditation before where like the unicorn came and like um, out of her horn, she like went and, and like almost, almost like a laser kind of 
like interjected this beautiful light within my heart space and like helped me to clear stuff. And I think that we can really start to clear a lot from laughter, from joy, from finding fun. And, you know, when you're tapping into the inner child, it's like, it's kind of your gateway to be able to do that. And I think that when you say things like, oh yeah, go and tap into your inner child, it's easy to say, but people may miss that there is a massive piece of opportunity and wisdom within that comment. Yeah, I know it's like as adults too, we're so stiff, like we can't have fun. But for me, like this is classic Kara. If there is a rainbow, I don't even care if it's a big one, a little one, like I'm going to haul ass outside. I'm sorry. I don't know if I can say that, but I'm going to go look at the rainbow. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go outside and chase the rainbow down and just be like that person. (laughs) It's like, I don't care how old I am. That's part of my inner child just screaming with glee. So like even just little tiny things like that, just giving permission Yeah. And taking baby steps is going to be so, so, so powerful. And I also just want to say, I love that you had your unicorn touch your heart like that because I had a similar experience. Tell me about it. Where, yeah, she, um, I have such a heavy heart and I have been working really hard to let a lot of that go. And she came in and she put her horn on my chest and it was like all of the walls shattered and my chest just like, radiated gold light and it's like I felt so light afterwards but I had to work to keep the walls from kind of going back up but she was just like we're going to clear a lot of this trauma a lot of your heavy feelings a lot of the stuff that you hold you don't need to hold it let it go it's okay and so she literally just broke all of that through and it was just like whoa that was so incredible so it's so cool that you had a similar experience yeah. And I think, you know, I, um, I interviewed this woman, Rhiannon Hines, and I'll see if I can, while we're talking, pull up that book. I think it's just over there, but it's, um, she has this book called the keepers of the light codes. So one of the things that I realized when I was listening or reading that book was about the heart. And it was like, I kind of knew that the heart was powerful, but I didn't really understand it in the same way until I read some of those chapters in that book. And the heart really is the center of everything, isn't it? And I think that it's such a missed opportunity when we aren't spending time to nurture ourselves and to connect with our heart space. And Stuart Wilde is this amazing author who's passed, but I was listening to his teachings before, and he was talking about when you put your fingers on your throat and you feel your heart pulsing that that is confirmation that you're alive and I remember when I did that I felt connected to my heart in a completely different way like in a physical way but then it brought about those emotional connections as well how do you go about working on being open in your heart and not letting the you know, grief or pain or, you know, kind of what you're talking about, almost like a shell kind of grow back over. I mean, do you, do you practice this intentionally on the regular basis? How do you do that? Such a good question. And that's something that I've been trying to navigate for a couple of years now is like, this is an exercise that I like to do to kind of push the boundaries. And it's not necessarily like looking at the trauma, looking at the grief, because yes, that is part of the whole package. 
which I feel like those layers will kind of present themselves when you're ready to deal with them, which will help lighten your heart space. But the exercise that I do just to practice radiating my heart essentially is because like all of these communications with all of the land, all of the animals, everything is heart-based. That's your first point of connection. Mm-hmm. And so for me, and it's such a fun exercise, you just focus in on your heart, the actual physical like muscle, it's pumping the blood, all of the things that your heart actually physically does. Yes. And then feel the space around it, like the energetic layer or component just right around it. And feel it in within your chest because most likely it's going to be hiding and tucked right behind your sternum. It doesn't want to come out because as soon as it comes out, it gets hurt by whatever's going to hurt you, you know, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything's a threat. You know, everything right now. Yeah. And so what I do is, and I do this actually in, <laughs> I do this in an empty room because I don't want to accidentally touch something that's going to hurt my heart. Right. But I basically take that energetic layer, that bubble, and imagine it exiting my chest, even just like six inches. So I kind of do this exercise where I go six inches out, I bring my energy back in. If I'm comfortable, I go a little bit farther, about 12 inches or so, see how comfortable that is. But usually for me, it's like six inches and it's a hard stop. (laughs) And that's, it's a good way to kind of just like begin breaking those walls because you're giving permission for your heart center to expand. It gives you permission to break through the walls and creep outwards. And then once you get really good at the 12 inches and you're like, I'm going to fill up a whole room, you can do a whole room with your heart center. And it's like, it's so powerful and empowering to just be like, yeah, I'm filling up the room right now with my heart (laughs) and it's safe, but you can do this like around people too. And, um, it's just our heart is so 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 powerful so that's just an exercise that can help that's so beautiful because when you're talking I was thinking too about the light and how like the heart and love can transmute things and then I was Mm -hmm. thinking about I did this exercise today um from Stuart Wilde so basically like if you're having a situation that maybe Um, like a situation or a person or circumstance or fear, anything like that, what you can do in this situation, it was talking about like, if there's like a person that you need to send love to, or you want to kind of like give them some peace, basically what you do is you sort of stand and then you imagine that person in meditation and you just breathe in the person and then you breathe out love for them breathe in and you do that 11 times. And then you kind of like send them on their way And it's funny because when you breathe in and you breathe out love and light, you really do realize that there's this sort of alchemy that kind of happens where light goes in and it like heals anything, you know, it's almost as though if you imagine this rock and a rock is covered in like maybe something dirty, like let's just say like a sludge or oil or something like that. And then you just project all this love and light onto it. Slowly and surely the light just eats away at all of that sludge and oil. And then all of a sudden, what do you have? Like a beautiful stone that's shining brightly. I don't know why I'm using that analogy. Maybe because we're talking like, because we also talk about earth related things, but I love the idea of how the light and love transmutes everything. I mean, mm-hmm. for you talking about that experience of, you know, 
letting your heart kind of almost breathe and open up into a room. I mean, the amount of healing you could do just from your heart in that space would be indescribable, really. Yeah, it really is. It's really helpful. You can also work with the trees in that regard. Just find a friendly tree and say, help me heal my heart. And they will definitely kind of help you with that. But we don't need to go down the tree route today. (laughs) But just for people out in nature that want to try it, trees are safe to practice with too. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I have a tree. I hug her like all the time. Actually, I think it's yeah, a, he's... it's like more of a ma- masculine tree, but I still, he's got beautiful purple flowers. So it can be a bit confusing. So before we hit play, you and I were talking a little bit about, you know, Pegasus and unicorns and uh, there were messages coming through that you wanted to make sure that you sort of talked about different things. I mean, we're kind of near the tail end of the conversation. I'd love to know if there are are any, you know, messages that you really want to deliver that you want to share, you know, for our listener at home. One of the things that I noticed that a lot of people sort of still struggle with is almost like looking outside of themselves for answers instead of really checking in with their own heart and their emotions and following their own path. And I think that one of the things that a lot of people are getting caught up on as well is maybe worrying about letting their light shine shine brightly and really stepping into who they are and what they came to be. So I'd love to know whether or not you wanted to kind of jam on that subject or whether or not you had other things that you also wanted to, to make sure that you shared today. I would say, yeah, this is a great topic to talk about. Just owning your space, owning your truth and standing in your own power is truly the most healing thing anybody can ever do. Getting there is complicated and can be a little crunchy and uncomfortable, Yeah, (laughs) but it's like, just take baby steps and really, truly, again, follow your inner light. Where is it shining? Take one step, get comfortable there, take another. It's okay. You're going to be safe. I know fear is such a big one right now. And to be completely honest with you, I almost quit and turned back hundreds of times because fear quite literally crippled me. I was like, I can't go any farther. Yeah. But it's like I I could lean in on my Pegasus and all of my guides and they were holding me up. And it's like I went inside, I looked at my fear and it's like my heart is just telling me to keep going. And so always listen to your heart. Your heart will never, ever, ever fail you. So beautiful. One thing um, Stuart Wilde said today, I know I keep referencing him, but you know, when I've been listening to him for like a long time, that's just my reference point right now. But he was talking about how when you feel fear, or you fear, you feel scared, push through, do it, Mm -hmm. take a step forward and do it. And I think a big part about, you know, what I'm getting here is that we will be caught. And like, you're talking about your guides will lift you up and they will support you. And, you know, Kara and I are not saying, you know, there's a burning fire, step into the burning fire. Even if it's scary, we're like, no, you need to also use (laughs) common sense as well. You know, maybe go around the fire on the other side or get like some kind of hose to put it out while you're walking through it. But, you know, the idea is understanding that sometimes feeling uncomfortable is okay. It's like the shedding of the skin. It's the coming out of the cocoon. It's like all this stuff breaking and cracking off of us so that we can really step into who we came here to be. And, you know, we're really wanting to avoid the whole Mack truck, the whole big kind of kick in the pants 
kind of thing that will happen to us if we continue to avoid what it is we came here to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that cycle, that loop, you just kind of repeat the same patterns, the same experiences over and over and over again until you're like, no, I'm good. I learned that lesson. Like we're going to break that habit right now. Yeah, Let's see what's after that. And it's like, I, I've done it before. I literally had the same kind of boss for years and years and years. And then finally I was like, no, I'm done. You yelled at me and I'm, I'm over that. We're, we're going to break this right now and yeah. see what's on the other side. And it's like, get yourself out of that pattern. If you know you're stuck in that loop of learning the same lesson over and over again, mm-hmm. break the pattern and see what's on the other side. It might be scary, but as you said, the snake needs to shed their skin to become yeah. beautiful and anew. Yep. A hundred percent. So well said. And our guides can intervene without our help and without our permission. Correct. Mostly. Yes. Unless it's like, <laughs> unless it's yes. Right. <laughs> unless, unless, you know, there's always like, yeah, certain yeah there's always an unless. expectations, but generally, yeah. The rule of thumb is you have to ask for help or they can't do much. And so once you kind of just take a step back and say, all right, come show me what it is I'm supposed to be doing. They're going to start showing you what you're supposed to be doing. And they're going to give you lots of flowers and breadcrumbs and things to follow. And it's just like, stay curious and and just see where it goes. Yeah. And it's funny because as you were talking, I just went, wait a minute. Now I, I just had like an aha moment. So I realized now that you know, cause I always say like our guides can intervene without our permission and without like, we have to put it out there. We have to, but a big part about that. And I think like my guides are like, ha they're like, finally, um, is that when we ask for help, we're also open to receiving it. Duh. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes someone you can see in your life, they're like making the same decisions and you're just going, I just don't understand. Why are you getting it? But they're not ready. And the minute that something flips for them or for us on our own journey, where we go, okay, I'm ready now. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, and by us going, I'm ready now, that's us being actually willing and open and prepared to receive that help. So it's just funny because I just thought about it where I went, wait a minute, when we ask for help, it's because we're actually ready for it. That's a big part of it as well. Not only can they not intervene without our permission, because we have free will, but it wouldn't even matter if they did kind of, because we wouldn't notice the flower in the road. We wouldn't notice those small synchronicities anyway. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Well said. (laughs) I just feel like I went, oh, right. Okay. That made a whole lot of sense. There it is. (laughs) Yeah. There it is. Okay. (laughs) So Kara, we are at our hour together, uh, flew by. And I'd love to know whether or not, is there anything I didn't ask you that you wanted to comment on? How can people go ahead and get in touch with you? I know you do a lot of different work with the land. Do you also maybe assist people with connecting with their guides? Or do you, you know, want to also talk about the kind of animal work that you do as well with the transitions and, and that sort of work? Sure. Uh, I have a few things coming up that I would like to share. So I do tap into your land and help you learn the spiritual components of your property. But I also started to hold monthly land healing groups where we just come together. Usually we find a specific location that kind of just comes to me. It asks specifically to be healed and we just come together. We'd go through a group meditation. Usually the meditation is 
a channeled meditation from one of the guardians or spirits of the land. And so I feel like this is going to be a thing that's going to be going forward for a very long time. So if anybody's like, I don't really totally get it, but I'm kind of curious, like come to my monthly land healing group. It's totally free. It's full of beautiful, wonderful healers and intuitives and people that are just getting curious and we connected with the land. And um, so that's one thing I would just like to invite everybody to. And then also next year, I don't know when this is going to be released, but in 2024, January, so it's perfect. Okay. So here in a little bit, (laughs) I think probably (laughs) March, April is what we're shooting for, but I have joined up with two other really wonderful professional animal communicators, and we are creating kind of a tiered a workshop practicum, practicum professional program, if you will. Mm-hmm. So if you want to just like dip your toe in, there's a beginner section and then there's an intermediate. And then there's, if you want to be a professional, like you can keep going, but you kind of have that option to see kind of where you want to go and how you want to navigate that. But it's the three practitioners, myself and two others. We have totally different skills, totally different styles. So we're bringing in different perspectives And so we're really excited to be launching that soon. So if you're like, I'm curious, just send me an email. Um, You can find me at deeprootconnections.com or deeprootconnections at gmail.com. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about that too. It's just so many exciting things. (laughs) Yeah, that's so awesome. And isn't it funny how, you know, finally it's like, okay, I'm here, you know? Okay, what's next? And then the universe is like, here you go. Take it away. Exactly. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, that's fantastic. I'll put a link to all that stuff as well in the show notes. And uh, Kara, thank you so much for being here. I just love chatting with you. And I'm really thankful that your guides showed up as well to assist us today. And my guides, of course. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. And I'm sure we'll have you back again. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.